You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Do you feel it? Feels like a Friday. Feels like the weekend is just an earshot away. God, I love it. Welcome to Crunch Time here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home. For the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros, Matt Miguez here on what has been a beautiful Friday. 60-something degrees, sun is shining, which makes me happy. I really thought you were going to just spell out the whole world word. Nope. I pulled a, pulled a Jim Carrey right there. You just stopped halfway. I, I did what Jim Carrey did in Bruce Almighty. B-E-A-U-T-Full. James. Producer, mm-hmm. co-host, yes, man of many talents. Correct. How are you? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm good. Well, there you go. I'm good. Uh, we One got... step closer to the weekend. Oh, man. I'm so excited. I think I might get a Christmas present or two this weekend. I'm so excited. Yes, James, I still get excited about opening Christmas presents. I am an overgrown child. It's okay. I think we've established this. Okay. Anyways. Your poll question of the day in honor of the Saints and Falcons taking each other on on Sunday. What is your favorite Saints versus Falcons memory? If you have a least favorite, you can also chime in on that one as well. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter or on the game hotline 337-706-0111. And as a reminder, Watch us on the simulcast here in Acadiana at Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. We will also recap a great win for the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns as they traveled to Lake Chuck and took down McNeese 78-70. to We'll recap that game. We will pick some bowl games and NFL games with Jake Crane at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. And then Preston Guy will join us for a conversation about LSU's football recruiting class with early signing day just five days away now. James, let's go back to the poll question. What is your favorite Saints versus Falcons memory? I tend to allude to that Thursday Thanksgiving game in 2018, but I'm going to go with one different. I love that 2011 Monday Night Football game. 2011 Monday Night Football game. When Drew breaks the Marino record. Was that the one in November or December? That was, that was December. The 45-16 to 16 win. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was that was the night he broke Marino's record. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was a great game. Loved that. It, and I, I tend to go back to it on YouTube and watch the full game sometimes. I still, I still watch and and because it always goes back to me. I'm like, man, they really just wanted to get those 300 like 20 yards as soon as they could. John, so I was like, God, Drew almost threw a pick right there. John oh, dear God, Casey, he threw another one. John Casey was our kicker. Mm-hmm. He was. I forgot about that dude. Mm-hmm. Lefty. Wow, man, just looking at the box score. These two teams were squads. Young Matt Ryan, rookie Julio Jones, 
Marcus Colston, Drew Brees, Jimmy Graham, Darren Sproles played for the Saints still. You had Robert Meacham as well. I mean, you had two juggernauts in this game. And the Saints only held them to 16 points. That game was super impressive. I remember that one very well. Let's go to the hotline. Frank, what's up? Oh, not a lot. How you all, boy? Oh, I'm fantastic on this Friday, sir. Man, it's beautiful outside. But look, I love this question because old school Saints fans going to remember this one. Uh, uh, hmm. I guess middle season, late, later third of the season, Saints playing Atlanta in the Dome. They got Craig Haywood lined up in the eye formation. He gets the ball out the backfield. He got one man to beat, and it's Deion Sanders. And he destroyed him right in the middle of the field. Just crumpled that dude like an accordion. And it was beautiful. Past my prime, but, I mean, I'll take your word for it. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, that, that's, that's old school, though. That, that's back when Craig Haywood was running over everybody. But, man, he, he destroyed Deion Sanders. It was a thing of beauty to watch because Deion Sanders never could tackle anybody anyway, but he tried to take on Craig Haywood, and he lost badly. So, you know, that it's crazy to even think about because going back and looking at Deion's career, not a, there, there weren't a whole lot of people that just took him down. Yeah, but that's because he didn't get in front of a whole lot of people. Well, that's that's true too. I mean he he was he was basically a cornerback and sideline is an extra defender type of cornerback. That's that's all he did. Oh, and he did uh, run fast and hold his head when he scored touchdown. Which I don't know why he did that, but that's his thing. Right, Frank. Appreciate but, the call, man. Have a great weekend. Same at you, Paul. Craig Hayward was a massive, massive human being for the New Orleans Saints. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, very rare to see Deion Sanders get get beat up the the way Craig Hayward did. But, uh, you know, I've got got a lot of them. I've got a lot of Saints-Falcons memories. Uh, Obviously, you know, James, you hit on it that 2011 game. You've got the Thanksgiving game that the, the Saints won 31 to 17. But there's none better than than the rebirth. Yes, the the blocked punt. I mean, that's going that blocked punt is going to be talked about a hundred years from now. Yeah, and the reason why it's not my pick is because I wasn't watching football at that point. Oh man, that that is probably my earliest memory, like vivid memory. Of football, because like I remember bits and pieces of like when LSU won the national championship in '03, and, and and things like that, and, and you know watching Aaron Brooks play in the back half of his time with the Saints, but like vividly remember majority of the game, that Monday night game when when the Saints came back to the Superdome after Katrina, was was special, and and Steve Gleason blocking that punt and, and the things that he's gone through since then. It's by far the best moment. And then also, one that I kind of go back to is 2013 Week 1, when Kenny Vaccaro was the rookie. He yeah. tips it up against Tony Gonzalez, and Roman Harper ends up getting the pick on the last second to secure the dub to seal the in win, the end yeah. zone. Yeah. That was a big and then game. that's when I was like, wow, Kenny Vaccaro might be that guy. He might and be. Then, and then three years later, it's like, 
okay, no, he's not. No. <laughs> Never mind. I yeah, had yeah. the hope, but and I stood with it. A lot I of liked, people were hoping for it, but I liked Kenny Vaccaro for a long time. And that I, first year and a half, I was like, Kenny's that guy. Oh, he he was that dude. And then there was a year where he kind of had a down year, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe guys have down years. And then he's okay. It's like sophomore slump. He he, like, he played that half a year before the Saints traded him, and that half a year was horrendous. And it got to the point where everyone was begging the Saints to either trade, cut, whatever, Kenny Vaccaro. By that 2015 point, I thought, man, please get rid of Kenny Vaccaro because I thought Vinny Sunseri was going to be something. Vinny Sinceri. I thought Vinny Sinceri oh, could do something. Oh, man. Oh, man. Vinny Sinceri. Oh, that guy. Alabama kid. That guy. Um, but, you know, it's funny. Pe- people really had f- big hopes for Kenny Vaccaro. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, really did because he was on He was on uh, Sports Science on SportsCenter. Oh, dude, I, I knew somebody that named their dog Vaccaro. They were huge Saints fans, and Kenny Vaccaro became one of their favorite players. Because he had the so, impact that rookie year. You're like, wow. So they named their dog Vaccaro. And and now people, well, why'd you name your dog Vaccaro? Well, I thought it worked out. There was a, it's a bad memory. I don't want to talk about it. He doesn't answer to anything else. <laughs> he doesn't answer a Lattimore. We, we tried to change his name. He doesn't like Jordan. He's not a big fan of Davis either. But anyways, not a not a Warner guy either. I, like I don't oh get it. God. What do I do? Oh my God! Speaking of NFL football, Thursday night, man, I, it's early, and, and I'm I don't want to buy into the hype too much because we we bought into the hype before and it, and it hasn't quite worked out. Cooper Rush. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we bought in that hype a little too soon. But, you, you really liked Cooper Rush. I did, man. You really I liked did. him. Good player. You're a big backup QB guy. I, I really, I, I love backup QB. Underdog story, man. I love it. Brock Purdy. Solid. Stepped up. Solid. What did I say yesterday? 21-17 and Brock Purdy was going to make a play. I wasn't far off. No, you were only off by four. I wasn't far off. Brock Purdy going 217 yards and a pair of scores. And what was another thing I said? McCaffrey was going to have a good game. I In my parlay for my FanDuel read, I said McCaffrey would have a touchdown. I love being right. I love being right, James. You got to hold on to those. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep you. But, you know, you look at the 49ers, and, and it's, so, it's so crazy to, to even be discussing this. A team that for the last two years has dealt with every possible injury mm-hmm. under the sun, and they still win. And you know what's crazy? It's that system Kyle Shanahan has. Correct. Does he kill all his players? Yes. Yes. But do they still win games? Yes. yes. So is Jimmy Garoppolo a fraud? No. Potentially. Maybe. But here's the thing with the Niners. They have depth. Mm-hmm. You drafted correctly. 
Mm-hmm. You made good free agent acquisitions. You're not in cap hell. You trade players when you need to before it's too late, i.e. Quan Alexander. You have set yourself up to be good for a very long time. Debo Samuel is young. Christian McCaffrey, you know I mean, he's he's getting there. He's 27, but um, you're doing that because you're trying to make that run. Whether you go with Brock Purdy or Trey Lance, both of them are still babies. Like Fred, Fred Warner. Fred Warner. You've got young talent across Nick Bosa. He's not very old. 26, maybe? 27? He was drafted in 2019? 2020? So younger than that. Probably he, 25. He's a 25. 25, yeah. He, and he turned 25 just before uh, I think Halloween. So very young talent, great coaching staff. This and this is why injuries hurt teams, right? Mm-hmm. But this is why I've always said injuries aren't a breaker for your team. It's not the ultimate de facto because Correct. if you have guys behind and you don't rely and you're not top heavy. Correct. You Correct. can you can still work with it. And that's what and that's why I hate when people are like, oh, the Saints didn't make the playoffs last year because of all the injuries they had. No, the Saints didn't make the playoffs last year because they didn't have any depth. And you and they've had to continuously get rid of that depth because of the cap situations. Right. It also didn't help that the cap space dropped by about five hundred million dollars. Well, and that re- that really hurt them there. But having the cap space, there are goods and then there are bads and. Unfortunately, they hit the bad, and then it got even worse because of what happened in 2020. And still trying to recover from that. Russell Wilson will not play on Sunday. So now, you ready for this? Brett Rippon mm-hmm. versus Colt McCoy. James, I don't think anybody's watching that. I don't think most Cardinals or Broncos fans are going to want to watch it. I don't think anybody's watching that. Ooh, yikes. I could see that one being like, what, 16-13? If that? If it gets that high? I'd be shocked if they, if either team, or if they combine to Eclipse 30. Has Brett Rippon won a game in his NFL career? I would venture to say no. I, I take that back. He is one and one. Wow. Okay. There goes being right. Good, good, good on you, guy. Good on you. He is one and one in two starts in his career. And wow. Okay. Um, Colt McCoy, not much better. But uh, interested to see how, how that game is going to go. You also, like we said, Saints and Falcons. You've got three games tomorrow as well. Gotta love when you hit December and you start playing NFL football every night of the week. It's just a great time. Practically. It's just a great time. 
Um, we'll talk about some more top stories as well throughout the program. The biggest names in today's music are taking over Gulf Shores, Alabama in 2023. Hangout Fest returns May 19th to the 21st with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, Little Nas X, and more. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, has VIP passes to hang out. Enter the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. VIP gives you access to exclusive viewing areas, stage-side pools, hot tubs, and gourmet food. Hangout Fest is a beach vacation like none other. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. We'll take a time out. When we return, James and I will recap Louisiana versus McNeese from the Legacy Center in the Chuck. You're listening to the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 22 after the hour here on your Friday. Here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Last night inside the Legacy Center in Lake Charles, the Louisiana Ridge and Cajuns battled with the McNeese Cowboys. Cajuns were able to hang on for a 78-70 victory. Uh, The game started with five straight points by the Cajuns uh, before McNeese slowly started to settle back in. And then the Cowboys went on a little bit of a run for about six minutes or so. Both teams went back and forth. It was tied up at 19 with 9.20 left to go in the first half. Uh, And then another big 12-4 run by the Cowboys. Next thing you know, McNeese had an eight-point lead on Louisiana. And at that point, uh, the Cajuns wanted to talk about it. And talk about it, they did. A 13-0 run for the Cajuns reclaimed the lead while McNeese went scoreless for more than four minutes. And there was a three-point lead at the break for the Cajuns, 38-35. In the second half, the Cajuns kind of started to to run away with it a little bit. McNeese would cut it down to one point at one one area of the game. But again, Jordan Brown and, and company really were able to push it out to a 9-10 point lead and run away from McNeese in the end, 78-70. to This was the eighth straight win in the series for the Vermilion and White. And it was, you know, a really, it was a great game by both teams. You know, McNeese played inspired and energized. I thought Christian Shoemate may have been the second best player on the court besides Jordan Brown. Uh, very athletic, very you know long wingspan. They had to play him at the five last night, which was interesting, uh, considering he's only six seven. They they McNeese doesn't really have a whole lot of you know big size, um, but man, and you know James, one thing that I found really interesting looking at the stats last night. Have you ever seen a player have a higher three point percentage? than free throw percentage. Christian Shoemate is only shooting 26% from the free throw line. 26%. 
on the season. That is not good. But yet... That's, that's worse than not good. That's awful. But here's the thing. That's the only downside to his game. It's hack, they're hack a he does, he does everything else incredibly. I'm surprised more people don't make him shoot free throws. But he can't shoot free throws. He can't shoot free throws. The kid had 16 points and 14 rebounds last night. He's a beast. Just can't shoot at the free throw line. It's got to be a mental thing. Because again, you you look at his numbers on on the year. Oh, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's incredibly frustrating for him because I wouldn't doubt that he works on it all the time. I'm sure the coaches make him do extra work on it. I'm right. sure he even makes sure he does extra work himself. But it it feels like it's just something in his head. It's like he it's just something that he just can't get down physically. He's shooting thirty six percent from deep, but he's twenty seven point three percent from and the free throw line. He just he makes over half of his shots in mm-hmm. general. Yeah, I mean, he he's again, he's a great player. He just can't shoot free throws. Uh which which is just, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. Sometimes that's just not your game. I mean, look at Shaq. They they literally coined a term. Hack-a-shack. Hack-a-shoe-mate. Hack-a-shoe-mate. Which by the way, great basketball name, right? Christian Shoemate. I don't know, it just rolls off the tongue. Well, let me see you shoot, mate. Okay. After the loss, John Aiken met with the media, and here was his opening statement. Proud of our guys' battle. I thought we played well. Um, there's a lot of metrics that you look at, and if you would have told me that we were going to score more points off turnovers, more than double them on second chance, and be even in the paint, I would have said we're probably going to win the game. You know, I thought I thought we did some really good things. I thought we settled for some tough early shots when we were kind of in a flow in the second half when we were, we were getting back in the game, Trey got hot and settled for a couple quick ones that led to them getting some points on the other end. Um, and that's where we got to grow and understand, hey, let's just keep grinding them out and make them chase again. I mean, if, if we did, we made some tweaks in terms of Christian. If you notice, he was around the rim a whole lot more and got a lot more offense rebounds and um, looked a lot better. I mean, we just told him that's what you're going to do because that's what you're really good at. And if he will do that and buy into doing that like he did last year, he's a pretty good player. And so I'm proud of him. I'm proud of our effort. They made some big shots at crucial times. Um, we didn't make a couple that, you know, Zach struggled again from three. And Burzay didn't take one that I wanted to take there late in the game. But you know, we, we battled. We're close. We just got to get over the hump. That's a good team. We just got to get over the hump. There was a stretch for McNeese. John Aiken just mentioned it. He was talking about how how Trey English forced a couple of threes. Well, James, if what what it was was a heat check. It was a heat check shot because there was a stretch starting at the fifteen twenty seven mark of the second half. Trey English hit a layup, hit a three pointer, and hit another three pointer. Ripped off eight straight points in three straight possessions for McNeese. So when when UL missed on the other end, Trey English got the ball, dribbled it up court, and said, it's heat check time. Of course. And he, he just walked up to the three-point line, put it up. It was short because he rushed it. But, I mean, that that's all it was. It's just a heat check. I mean, that happens... All throughout basketball. The problem was was that 
Louisiana took the ball back down to the other end and hit a three of their own. That was a six-point swing right there for McNeese, which would have, had he made that three-pointer, it was only a one-point game at that point if he makes that three. It would have been 52-51. to So, you know, things like that. English still ended up with a game-high 24 points for McNeese. Uh, Jordan Brown had 20 for Louisiana. Terrence Lewis having a big night as well with 16 points and 8 rebounds. Four Cajuns in double figures. Greg Williams, 17 points on 5 of 7 shooting from deep. Uh, John Aiken talked about the Cajuns and their strong start to the year. I'm proud of our growth. Only have 11 turnovers after we had 31 a couple nights ago. And UL is a team that turns you over. They play aggressive defensively. For us to do that, there's growth. For us to be able to rebound with a really small lineup, there's growth. Uh, but we've got to find a way to get wins. UL would be arguably the best team in our league. You know, it's a really good Southland team. They'd probably be in contention. To, I mean, they were picked to win the Sun Belt, weren't they? Yeah. Okay, so they're, that's probably a really good team in the Southland. I told our team, if we can go toe-to-toe with a team that's picked to win the Sun Belt, we should be able to go toe-to-toe with a lot of teams in the Southland if we play that way, if we don't turn the ball over, if we get on the glass, if we share the ball. Trey, I thought, was making shots, didn't share it enough. He didn't, got into paint, didn't find guys enough. Told him that. Like, we got to get you to be a scorer, but also facilitate. Take 23 shots, get to have more than two assists. Get other guys involved. Um, and so we have a lot more growth to do. It's not like we're reaching our peak. Um, but you are seeing growth. I mean, how much better do we look compared to Lindenwood and Western Carolina? A lot, significantly. Um, but that's part of what scheduling like this does. You get tested against really good teams, and you figure out what works, what doesn't work. You tinker. And so I'm happy with our growth. I'm not happy with the end result. We've got to figure out how to get over the hump and win this kind of game um, at some point in time this year, whether it's Southern Miss on Sunday, uh, conference games when good teams come in here. We've got to figure it out. McNeese falling to 3-8. and eight. Like John Aiken just mentioned, they will travel to Hattiesburg to take on Southern Miss on Sunday, while the Louisiana Raging Cajuns will be off this weekend before they head over to Austin, Texas to take on the Longhorns inside the state-of-the-art Moody Center. Speaking of the Raging Cajuns, following the game, head coach Bob Marlin, Jordan Brown, and Greg Williams Jr. met with the media, and here was Coach Marlin's opening statement. Took us out early a little bit. They played zone most of the game, or all the game. And uh, we were a little bit stagnant against it at times. We thought we were going to break out a lead, and then we, we never could. We missed some threes early. Greg was hot for us, and we certainly needed his. Greg Williams, like he mentioned, 5 of 7 from 3. He went on to elaborate on the play of his Lafayette native shooting guard. He is. He's healthy. And last year he had a bad back, and he didn't practice much in the summer, and a little bit into September even. And then lost his confidence early in the year, but he's been tremendous for us. He's playing like an all-conference player, and we said that uh, with Jordan being all-conference and Kobe being all-conference, and then Terrence Lewis is playing like an all-conference player. Now, you know, Greg Greg's at fourth one, or Kobe would be. So Greg's been outstanding and, and very efficient. Had a great line tonight all the way across the stat sheet with no turnovers. Greg Williams averaging 13.8 points per game to go along with four rebounds and two assists. The Lafayette native 
said that he is feeling comfortable playing with a great team. I, I'm just I'm just comfortable. You know, I think that um you know we have a good team, we have a good morale. You know, I think that it's 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 easy to play with a team like this. You know, I think that we all we all play together, we all just have fun. So I think it's that's the biggest part. Wrapping up the conversation about this game, James, it was important for the Cajuns to play this game when they did and get tested the way they did because a performance like that by McNeese to where the, the Cajuns got rattled at points and, and had to fight back from adversity, that's going to do nothing but good things when you get into conference out of, after Christmas. Uh, so that's a huge step in the right direction for both programs last night. The Cajuns improving to 10-1, and one, off to their best start since 1990. But, you know, you look back at, at the Cajuns and the Cowboys in years past, it's always a, a close game. It's always a physical game, always a close game. So Bob Marlin said after the game that he 100% expected this type of game against McNeese. I, I just told Jay, would you expect anything different? Yeah. I mean, it it doesn't matter. And I'm disappointed a little bit the way we played <laughs> at times because with the ball. We right. threw the ball away too much and gave him too many second opportunities. But we knew Shoemate was a handful in English, and we knew that we'd get one of their best shots. And... Uh, Jay mentioned it. He said, I would think that's the best they played. I, I've watched most of their games, and tonight was the best I've seen them play. The game wants to stuff your stocking with a $500 Visa gift card. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes presented by Armentar Jewelers. Simply enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy. So the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes, powered by Armitar Jewelers and the game 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Take a timeout here. Phone lines remain open, 337-706-0111. When we return, James and I will look at the two bowl games that have played today already. Plus, we'll talk about some big matchups in college basketball. Here on the game is Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Back here on Crunch Time, 40 minutes after... The hour, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. I had to let the beat drop. It's gotta, if it's got to drop like that, you got to let it hit before you start talking. You got to give the music the respect it deserves. Looking at college basketball, looking at top stories in the world of sports, and checking in on a couple of bowl games. James, there, there's a bowl game in progress right now. It's the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl between two conference champions, uh, Troy from the Sun Belt, UTSA from Conference USA. And you would swear, reading this score, that it was a basketball game. In its early stages. Troy leads 15-12 to 12 with 243 remaining in the third quarter. 12. 
How do you score 12 in football other than four field goals? Well, you could always have two touchdowns and miss the first extra point, and then you try to get it back with a two-point conversion potentially, and then you miss that as well. Or you just miss two extra points straight up. Or how it's shown is UTSA got a safety early on in the first quarter. Safety touchdown field goal. Love that. We do love those. We, we love that. I love I love potential score gommies. And, and you know what else I love? Or we, when, just weird scores. When both quarterbacks have one touchdown and two interceptions. Both of them. If they're two picks and only have one touchdown. That game is going to go right down to the wire. And then another game that went down to the wire this morning in the Bahamish. I love the Bahamish. Uh, UAB beating Miami of Ohio 24-20. to The Red Hawks almost got a last-second touchdown. Almost. But UAB making a stop at the two-yard line to seal the deal in that one. UAB jumped out to a 10-0 lead, but then Miami roared back with 13 straight points. And then in the fourth quarter, they went back and forth, back and forth. Uh, UAB took the lead with a minute 33 left to go in the game. And like we said, uh, UAB uh, Miami got all the way down to the two-yard line but could not quite punch it in to seal the deal in that one. UAB finishing their season 7-6. and six. Saw a video of uh, Trent Dilfer on the sideline. Uh, so he wasn't coaching, but he's in a, he was in attendance. And he's shaking hands with fans and and cheerleaders and and all this stuff. Showing off his Super Bowl ring. I I saw a video. He was talking to a cheerleader and he takes his and he's like, here, you want to look at it? It's like, come on. Come on, Dilfer. Spit game, Trent. What are you doing? This guy, Trent Dilfer, not only hitting on cheerleader, but using his Super Bowl ring to do it. God. That's Riz right there. That oh, oh, man. So once again, Russell Wilson will not play in the Denver Broncos game on Sunday due to not clearing concussion protocol. Uh, the NHL, not the NFL, excuse me. The NHL is considering an 84-game schedule because, you know, 82 just isn't enough. You need two more games of fun. You you just need 120 more minutes of hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I think 82 is too long. Especially in, in a sport as physical as hockey, 82 is way too many games. That's kind of how I feel with the NBA. I yeah. feel like we have too many NBA games. 82 is too long. I feel like if we could get it down to... Play 70. Play 70. Like, maybe w- one less game for each kind of conference game you play. Yep. And take away a, a division game per as well. Like, some games you're just going to have, you're gonna like, two of them, you're just going to go on the road one more time than you would be at home. But then the other two games, you'll be at home more than the other team. And you just kind of alternate within each season. So, that that's an interesting thing to, to discuss, to look at. Um, congratulations to Chris Paul, finally graduating, getting a, getting a college degree today. Nineteen years later, good good for that guy. Uh, perseverance perseverance is key. You can always go back and finish. I did. Took two years off. Now it's not nineteen years, but I mean, still, can always go back. We'll have to see with me. 
<laughs> I don't. I don't think you're going back. Probably not. But we'll whatever. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll discuss it. Follow along my journey <laughs> to see. <laughs> Follow me on social media. We'll discuss it. <laughs> Sixty and, years later. Right. I'm walking down the aisle at graduation. I'm gonna use a futuristic uh, oh cane. Oh my god. Andrew Benatendi joining the White Sox on a five-year, $75 million deal. $75 million, which is a lot of money. But in today's baseball, not so much, right? You want to hear an interesting stat? That is the largest contract in the history of the Chicago White Sox. Large contract in their history. $75 million. That is wild to me absolutely wild a uh, couple of college basketball games to pay attention to this weekend five top 25 matchups in college basketball and one of the biggest is going to be Alabama taking on Gonzaga uh, Alabama off to a really good start here in 2022, taking down two top teams in North Carolina and then taking down Houston as well. Currently sitting at number four in the country at nine and one. Number 15, Gonzaga is eight and three. You've also got the Hoosiers who are, you know, back at prominence at number 14 in the country, taking on Rock. Chalk, Jayhawk. God, I, I swear, it doesn't matter what five players Bill Self puts on the court. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. He could pick up five guys from the street and field a good team. I, I just, I believe that. Bill Self is that kind of a coach. Uh, he just, he knows how to win games and you know people people have have said oh you know he's a dirty recruiter blah blah aren't they all not saying it's right but aren't they all I mean don't act like coach K wasn't doing some dirty things to get players and 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 we we look at coach K myself included we look at coach K as a saint the greatest to ever do it the greatest that there ever will be Every coach bends the rules to get players. The question is, and, and, and I hate that, that this is even coming out of my mouth, will you get caught? That's the question. Will Wade got caught. They all do it. Innocent until proven guilty? I mean, that, that, is, that is the law. So... Well, well, it, that's going to be a good game. Indiana and Kansas, that, that might be a sneaky good game. Two blue bloods in college basketball. Um, going to be a lot of fun. Also, Houston taking on Virginia in what also could make for a huge matchup with the Wahoos sitting at number four in America. Um Man, this is this is the time of year where it's fun. The NHL's going, the NBA's going, college basketball's starting to get those good 
you know, top 25 matchups right before conference play. And the college football's in the bowl games. The NFL's playing for the playoffs. I mean, there's never not going to be something to watch. It is absolutely incredible in December and January in the world of sports. We'll take a timeout, wrap up hour number one after this. Jake Crane will hop on in about 10 minutes for Jake's takes. You are listening to the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Wrapping up hour number one, but before we get to that, I want to let you know and talk about FanDuel. Because one of the things that I love about betting on the NFL is that I'm always finding new players to game props I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. Perfect for Sunday's Eagles-Giants game. I'm going to take the Eagles money line on this one, but I'm also looking at an A.J. Brown anytime touchdown and then a Saquon Barkley anytime touchdown. Same game parlays are just one of the reasons why I bet with FanDuel because it's easy to register, easy to deposit, and simple to find your bets. And when you win, FanDuel will pay your winnings fast. There's no feeling nailing a same game parlay bet, so lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. New to FanDuel? Sign up with promo code KLWB for a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted Paris is only first online roll money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable free best that expire 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. A couple of NFL stories that I want to get to before we get to Jake Crane to begin hour number two. Jerry Jones basically shooting a shot, basically guaranteeing that Odell is going to be a Dallas Cowboy. <laughs> and then... Okay, we'll see about that. Zach Wilson. Zach the, Wilson's starting! Zach Wilson Let's is go! getting the start. Let's go! The guy's going to throw for 450 and five tutties, and everybody's going to be like, you know what? Zach Wilson's better than maybe I thought he was. He just needed those couple weeks off. Sure. Sure. Zach Wilson is the future of the New York football giants. Jets, I'm sorry. <laughs> God dang it. Every time I say New York, I instantly it, it instantly goes giants for me. Um, maybe because they're a historically a more prominent franchise. But give the chant. Give the chant. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. There Woo. it is. Um, Are you gonna? If he wins, I go. I go back to Big Daddy when I think of the Jets. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know. Are you gonna get a Zach Wilson jersey? No, no, no. I feel like you should. With how much you have been on his side, nope. I feel like you should. Nope. Not gonna do that. Um, I don't buy other teams' jerseys. That's a lie. Okay, I'm sorry. A light, a, a one jersey ever. Elijah Mitchell. Comes from my favorite university of all time and has success in the NFL. Cool. God forbid. God forbid. 49ers jersey. Mm-mm-mm. 
Tisk. I can't help who he plays for. Tisk, tisk. You want me to not support the man and buy his jersey just because of who he plays for? Should, should have just bought a not the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. You're so close with them. I have a UL jersey. That's a, that says uh, Mitchell? No, it's a Levi Lewis jersey. Oh, then that's what I'm saying. Go. You should have just got a Cajuns one. Yeah, you know. Find me somebody. It's right that, there. It's right down the road. Find me somebody that makes one. The athletic staff. Just go mm. to them. Yeah. Okay. Because because it's just that easy, right? It is. Okay. You used to work with them as an SID intern, and I worked as a recruit intern. Okay. Be like, hey, let me get one of those jerseys. Um, <laughs> shout out that to, one, the one that's dirty and y'all refuse to clean. I'll take that one. Shout out to Emily Ward who plays for LSU women's basketball. She received her diploma today in Maui. You know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I could think of worse places to graduate. Shout out Corey Diaz for, for, for that line there. Um, I mean, getting your degree in Maui, are you kidding me? That's fantastic. Hour number one in the books. We're going to kick off hour number two with Jake Crane, and we are 30-ish minutes away from Preston Guy of TigerBait.com talking LSU's recruiting class right here on The Game. It's Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two on a Friday edition of Crunch Time. You're listening to The Game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, the Southwest Louisiana sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, the game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. In our number one, we talked the history of the Saints and the Falcons. We recapped a big win for the Cajuns over McNeese on the hardwood last night and looked at some big college basketball games for the weekend now, let's look at some bowl games for the weekend and some NFL games with our guy Jake Crane, host of Crane and Company. For Jake's Takes, Jake, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Uh, doing good, guys. Appreciate y'all having me back. So, you know, we'll get to the NFL in a second because I know you're just dying to talk about your favorite team, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, man, you know, I've been waiting all day to call in here and talk about them and, you know, making the move now that Mariota's obviously out with an injury. Uh, no, it, uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Everybody should. So first off, I, I've got to start with a with a kind of somber note, just just to kind of you know have the discussion about it. Give me your thoughts on uh, on Mike Leach, a guy that you'd become pretty close with. Yeah, you know the obviously with the passing of, of Coach Leach and and what he stood for. You know, uh, we can talk about the air raid offense that he helped invent with Hal Mummy and them at uh, Iowa Wesleyan and. and him as a schematical guy being able to make adjustments. But I think the thing that made, you know, Mike Leach, Mike Leach is that in a world where everybody just kind of goes with what's cool or, or what's hip or what, you know, it may not be the most popular thing to have this point of view or they're afraid to say what they really mean. Mike Leach always said what he meant. He didn't care if people liked it or if it was cool or not, or, or if it was, you know, the end thing to do. And, and in the society we live in nowadays, it's kind of a dying breed. So, you know, Mike Leach was a breath of fresh air. 
you know, I, I haven't seen many people get asked about Halloween candy and go on a 10-minute rant about how candy corn is just awful. Yeah, well, number one, he's right. Candy corn is one of the many tools of the devil. And the second thing, uh, you know, we interviewed him four times. And, you know, he was the only coach that I had, let alone Power 5 coach, that I would try to get on that after the first interview we had, I didn't even have to go through an SID. He just gave me a cell phone number, and we communicated that way. So I think it just shows you the type of person that Mike Leach is. He was a people person. He's going to be sorely missed, and I think it says a lot about what he meant to those players and that institution that Mississippi State's going to play this bowl game in his honor. Yeah, no, no doubt a legendary coach, legendary person, gone, uh, gone far too soon. So last night, Thursday night football, the San Francisco 49ers taking down the – Seattle Seahawks 21 to 13. Brock Purdy? Yeah. Is it too early to say he's that dude? Well, look, again, it's it's early in his career. I mean, he's a rookie. Here's the thing that I noticed. And there's been, you know, we've seen this in Major League Baseball a lot where maybe that rookie pitcher that they call up that while there may be some information about what he throws, none of those Major League hitters have been in the box while he's pitched. So he'll have a lot of success in that first start maybe that second start, but they start figuring it out. Brock Purdy's kind of run the gauntlet a little bit, if you think about it. He came in cold off the bench for Jimmy G, which is not easy to do against the Dolphins. He was able to keep the ship uh, upright. They were able to win the game. Then he goes through a whole week of knowing you're going to be the starter and you're playing Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, which obviously is a big deal. I mean, hell, Brock Purdy was in diapers when Tom Brady was slinging the rock. Uh, kind of shows you the age difference. And he was able to handle that and go out there and help dominate the Bucks. And then last night, he goes on the road into one of the most hostile environments the NFL has to offer there at the 12th man in Seattle and performs very well, starts out 11 of 11. He's got – the game doesn't look too fast for him, guys. And that's the biggest thing. We can talk about throwing the ball. We can talk about athleticism and being able to extend the play with your legs. But the game doesn't look too fast for him. It doesn't look too complicated for him. And I think that's the biggest attribute. Now, I will say for them to be able to do what they want to do and why they got Christian McCaffrey and made some of these moves, they're going to have to be effective throwing the ball down the field. I'm not talking about seam routes to George Kittle that he takes for 50 yards. I'm talking about that nine route, that vertical, that post, where you put pressure on the back ends of those defenses in big moments to continue to allow that run game to stay open. Going to college football now, what are your thoughts on the two bowl games today? UAB getting a huge stop at the goal line, and then Troy currently leading UTSA in the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, happy for my guy Brian Vincent. I think the way UAB did him and the players is is just an an absolute clown show. You know, I've got nothing against Trent Delfer. I just just don't know. I, I know why UAB did it, because Brian Vincent's a holdover from, you know, Coach Clark who obviously had to retire due to back issues, and Coach Clark and the president uh, and the AD didn't exactly see eye to eye. I mean, they tried to kill football. So uh, I was happy to see UAB win. And right now, I mean, I'm shocked how low scoring of a game this is, but when you have, what, a combined seven to eight turnovers, uh, especially ones when you're getting close to the red zone, that's what happens. We'll see how it ends. Let's make some picks for tomorrow. Cincy and Louisville playing at Fenway Park. Well, you know, we kind of got a situation where – Scott Satterfield goes to Cincinnati, which I still can't believe that Cincinnati hired him. But Louisville, they found out their coach was leaving via social media, and it feels like he almost got left for the prettier girl, you know, which is a very motivating factor to a group of 18- to 22-year-olds. 
I know that, that Scott Satterfield's not going to be on the sideline for Cincinnati and Jeff Brown's not going to be coaching for Louisville, but I think, I think this is very personal for Louisville. And if they don't let emotions fly too high and when you get put on the same sideline with the team that just took your coach, uh, I don't know what the odds are to bet for there's going to be a pregame scuffle, but I'd be willing to put some money on it. I like Louisville in this game. Yeah, that things are things are going to get pretty chippy up there in Boston tomorrow. Uh, I mean, it, it's never smart to put two teams on the same sideline, but with the extenuating circumstances, I mean, this is just going to be, you know. The it, recipe for disaster yeah, is what it is. Absolutely. Uh, Florida, Oregon State inside the Death Star at Allegiant Stadium. Man, I tell you what, Florida, I mean, Anthony Richardson's not playing. We all know what happened to Kitna. I mean, they basically got, uh, you know, the towel boy from Michigan out there playing quarterback. Oregon State, on the other hand, Jonathan Smith, one of the sneakiest, best coaching jobs in college football this year. They win this game, which I think they will. They're going to be at 10 wins. He just signed that extension. And with UCLA and USC leaving, there's going to be a vacuum uh, in the Pac-12 conference. We know Utah's for real. We know Oregon's most likely going to be for real. But watch out for Oregon State and Corvallis, man. You can never trust a Beaver. I like Oregon State big. You've been high on Fresno State all season long. They take on Washington State tomorrow. Who you got in that one? No, this is a weird game, man. Uh, I love Jake Hanner from Fresno State. He's been hurt, you know, most of the year, which has obviously hurt them. Uh, you know, I expected a lot bigger things from them and Houston, to be honest with you, in the group of five ranks than what we've seen. Washington State, I know they're a four-point underdog. I, I like Washington State's defense here. I think they can get after you. Give me Washington State. Rice and Southern Miss. Southern Miss in their first year in, in the Sun Belt. Rice, you know, finally getting to a, a level of football prominence for the first time in a, in a while uh, getting getting into a bowl game. What are your thoughts on that matchup? Yeah, when it, I, I just don't believe in Rice. Uh, you know, it's like I'm allergic to it. Uh, when, when you look at the job that, that they've done, obviously you've got to tip your cap to them. I, I just don't feel like they have the firepower to be able to, you know, withstand the onslaught that they're going to get in this game. So I just I, I don't believe in Rice. A battle of two really good offenses, SMU, BYU. Yeah, you know, part of me wants to just to take the over in this game. Uh, with Jaron Hall not playing for BYU, and, and I just – Brett Lashley and the receiving core that SMU does have, uh, you know, they have two capable quarterbacks. I like SMU in this game. I think they're a four-point favorite. But I actually kind of like the under in this one. Chatting with Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company. North Texas and Boise State. Yeah, man, you know, Boise State offensively looked really bad in the conference championship game. Uh, they're hoping to bounce back from that performance. But I do think they are more physical. I mean, you saw what UTSA was able to do to North Texas defensively. Uh, I love what they've done with that North Texas program. I just don't think they have enough depth on the defensive side. Boise State's quarterback, while he's nobody's going to mistake him for the best thrower of all time, he can run. He can really, really run. He's a long strider. I think he's going to out-athlete the North Texas defense tomorrow. Going to the NFL now. Two games I'm looking at tomorrow and then four on Sunday. The Dolphins and Bills, Tua and Mike McDaniel going up to the frigid Orchard Park, New York, and Tua's asking for it to be colder. Who you got? Yeah, how about Tua? How about you start throwing the ball better, bud? I I wouldn't worry about the weather. Uh, Look, it's funny. When the Bills went down to play Miami, it was unbelievably hot. We saw what happened to the Bills in that game. Uh, Obviously, we remember what happened to, to Tua in that game. 
I, I like the Bills at home. A lot of it just because of the temperature. Obviously, the Bills are, are more used to playing in it. That mean, that doesn't mean Tyreek Hill can't have a good game or Jalen Waddle will never go off. But Tua cannot start off the way that he started off in the past two games. Uh, and when you have the type of arm he does, you have to be able to anticipate better because that, that speeds up the ball, basically. Uh, I don't know in that weather if he's going to be able to do that. Uh, we obviously know his injury history and his running is kind of on the, on the shelf, and it should be. I like the Bills at home. Colts and Vikings tomorrow afternoon. You know, the Vikings, man, they're just a weird team. Uh, they show you flashes. I mean, the defense, though, everybody talks about Kirk Cousins and the offense. The defense has given up over 400 yards in the last three or four games without getting a turnover. You want to talk about a recipe for disaster? They've been able to survive some of them, like they did the Jets there at the end. I just don't think the Colts have enough firepower. Uh, I like Michael Pittman. Obviously, we know Jonathan Taylor's you know, a top-notch back when he's healthy. Uh, I just think the Vikings are too much at home. The Lions have come out of nowhere lately uh, to, to, to be you know, in, in contention. And then they're playing the Jets, who are going to have Zach Wilson at quarterback. Yeah, you know, Zach Wilson getting another chance with Mike White being out. I thought Mike did a pretty good job uh, coming in and, and doing his thing. Man, you know, when it comes down to Zach Wilson, we, we know he has the tools. It's just the decision-making. He's still trying to play in the NFL uh, like he did in college. I I just, you know, I, I don't. I don't feel like they have the momentum right now. If you look at what Detroit's doing, I know that defense ranks in the bottom in most categories, but they're finding ways to win the game. And Jared Goff, the gumball smuggler, I mean, he's hotter than Hansel at the Male Model Awards right now. Give me the Lions. Love that. Love that. Bengals and Bucks. I mean, Joey B. Have you have you seen where Joe Burrow's been calling the plays like the past two or three games? Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, look, just let him do it. Hell, let him be the GM. He can probably sell hot dogs at halftime. I tell you what, the Bengals, man, they're start, They're getting in the form like they did last year to make a run. Uh, the Buccaneers, it's just a disaster right now. A point I made on the show, you know, Tom Brady, one of his best attributes, because he may not be the greatest athlete in the world, is he elevates everybody else's play. He gets guys to play harder and play smarter and to execute better around him. We have not seen that with the Buccaneers, and I think they're kind of falling off a cliff. So, yeah, I just, uh, you got to give me Joey B, Joe Mixon coming back, T. Higgins hopefully being healthy, Tyler Boyd as well. We know Jamar Chase is an alien. Give me the Bengals. And then lastly, a game that you looked at in the preseason and thought, oh, God, I'm never going to turn it on, but the Giants and the Commanders. I mean, this sounds like one of those games that you play on your phone where it's like an old war game. Um, you know, Taylor Heineke, man, like everybody's talking about Geno Smith. And obviously we're talking about Brock Purdy and some of these quarterbacks, that even Mike White a little bit, some of these quarterbacks that have came out of nowhere. I mean, Taylor Heineke's just come in and won games or tied them. Uh, I know, you know, they did tie a couple weeks ago. I like the commanders, man. At home, Taylor, get your hands off my Heineke. Uh, Chase Young's going to come back eventually. You know, we're talking about the Lions making a resurgence, man. The commanders, with all the off-the-field trash they've had to deal with, I feel like it's kind of brought them together. So give me the commanders over the Giants in a battle we never thought we'd see. You might want to trademark that phrase, Jake. Which one? Get your hands off my Heineke? That's fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. I have a few good ones every now and then. (laughs) Falcons and Saints. God, the Saints. (laughs) It's just a battle of gross right now. It's just... It's just gross. It's like, you know, passing like a car wreck. You don't want to look, but you have to. And then it's because it's your job to watch as well. 
Man, I just feel like the Saints are going to find a way. Is this the game where Taysom Hill freaks out? It's coming. But, like, when, when's it going to be? It smells like it's going to be this week. Give me the Saints, Taysom Hill, at least two touchdowns. It, it'd be nice if it would be this week because I, I hate to be this person because I, I said earlier this week that, that it was gone. But you win this game and there's still an outside chance you make the playoffs. Yeah, it's like on Dumb and Dumber when, you know, he asks them and yeah, he has the girl in the room and he's she's like, the chances of a million. And he's like, so you're telling me there's a chance. Right. Right now, right right now, the Saints are void from Dumb and Dumber. There's still a chance, but look, she's probably already taken. No, no, no doubt about it. Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company, joining us here on Crunch Time. Jake, appreciate you each and every week, bud. We'll do it again next week. All right, fellas. Appreciate y'all. Everybody have uh, happy holidays out there in the bayou. Appreciate you, Jake. There he goes. Jake Crane, the host of Crane and Company. We'll chat it up with him next week before the Christmas break. James, there, there's been some breaking news from Alabama, and I, it's not really breaking news. It's more surprising than anything. Uh, Bryce Young and Will Anderson have both announced that they're that they're going to play in the Sugar Bowl. And in today's era of opt-outs and, you know, preparing for the draft and making business decisions for top players of their caliber playing in a bowl game, pretty you're, rare. You're a little shocked. It's pretty rare. You you really do anticipate high-level draft picks, especially with how high Many people project both of them. You you probably think that they're both going to go top five. Yeah, they're so both the, going to be top five. So picks. the fact that they would both, not just one or none, are still going to go play in the Sugar Bowl, to me says a lot. Yep, it's very impressive. Um, both are projected to be top five picks, and they both plan on playing in the Sugar Bowl. And, and that's the thing. Pe- people have this mindset, oh, non-playoff games don't mean anything. That's not true. That's not true. These kids, these athletes, they care about playing one more game for their school. However, every now and again, depending on who you are and and where you're, sometimes it makes more sense for you to not. Or sometimes, even though it makes sense for you to sit it out, you've got some competitors like Bryce Young and Will Anderson who said, who cares? Let's play. If I get hurt, I get hurt. And I applaud that. Because that's the thing. Like, If you're going to get hurt, that's how it was meant to happen. It's unfortunate, but if that's what's meant to happen to you, then that's what's meant to happen to you. So, I mean, good on them. Uh, you know, I, I'm not necessarily against I don't, opting out. I don't dog players. Like, whenever Jamar just took the whole yep. season off, was it upsetting? Absolutely. Yes. Business decision, though. I understand it. And, and I totally get it. But, I mean, I give that extra effort and I give that extra applause to the guys that are like, look, I can still easily prepare for the NFL draft. Yep. Could I get injured? Sure. But you I still don't have think, three months to prepare for the draft. But I don't think that that's ultimately going to absolutely tank my draft stock. Right. So, them still going out there, kudos to them. Yep, absolutely. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with tickets to a special sneak peek of the new Whitney Houston biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody. That's right, see it before anyone else by simply texting Whitney to 68683. That's Whitney. 
to 68683 to score a pair of tickets for a special sneak peek December 20th at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard. It's the I Want to Dance with Somebody sneak preview brought to you by A. Brian's Jewelers and the game at Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. When we return, James and I will make our picks for Bowl Weekend and the NFL. You're listening to the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion, Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Checking in on the poll question of the day. What is your favorite Saints versus Falcons memory? Ton says the punt block heard round the world. Also enjoyed C.D. Deuce kicking their logo. Yeah. Yeah. Should have never traded that guy. Should have never traded that guy. It happens, man. Brad Business hurts. Brad says the Steve Gleason blocked punt. Uh, I mean, of, of course. And then Salty Steve. The first meeting, November 20th, 1967. Saints beat the Falcons 27 to 24. Well, Steve, considering that neither of my Parents were alive for that game. I'll take your word for it. Who dat? James, let's make some picks for for the weekend. Cincy and Louisville. I'm not gonna ask you who wins. Over under half of a fight. Over. Yeah. I think we might see two or three. Uh, mm, yeah, it's a bad idea. I bet you they never play another bowl game in Fenway Park. They're like, this is the one year. It is a one-game wonder. They're going to be like, eh. Experimental no. bowl didn't work out. <laughs> well, there, there, there's other places in Boston we could play it at. Um, but no, uh, for, for the game, give me Louisville on a close one. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take, take the Cardinals in a close one on this one. That's fair. Uh, I'll go on a limb. Give me Cincy. Florida, Oregon State. Florida missing so many key pieces. Oregon State, not so much. Um, Beavers. Love Billy Napier. Love Montreal Johnson. You know, respect the hell out of those guys. Love Florida for it. Whatever. Oregon State. I wonder who Brandon's picking. Really? I do. You wonder. Should we call him right Mm, now? Okay. Sure. If 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 you could get him to pick up. I mean, the guy's hanging out inside Allegiant Stadium right now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be picking up. Yeah, it's all Snapchat. Like, I'd story. be like, I'd be like, hmm, James Mesh. I'm not talking to that guy. I'm too good for that. James, leave me alone. Washington State, Fresno State. Ah, Fresno. Give me the Bulldogs. Dogs. Give me the Bulldogs. I like the dogs. Rice and Southern Miss. Look, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Mm-hmm. Neither team is very good. Correct. But both teams beat the Cajuns. Give me rice. Reason why? They have a McCaffrey brother. <laughs> that's the lone reason? That's the lone reason. It, they have a McCaffrey. That's, that's fair. I'm going to go with the Golden Eagles. That's fair. SMU, BYU, two really, really good offenses. Uh, SMU runs the air raid. Tanner Mordecai, former Oklahoma quarterback. Yeah. Give me the give me SMU. Yeah, I was, I'm leaning the same way. North Texas, Boise State. I, and I love Boise State, Boise. and it's 
and it's for the reason you're probably like that's so stupid. The blue, it's the blue field. It is it, 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 as it should be. I love the blue field. You have blue turf. No it's reason. So, I, it's so much better than that gray turf. There's only two reasons that I know who Eastern Washington is. Cooper Cup went there, mm-hmm. and they have red turf. Yes. Hello. Somebody, there, there's a school in South Carolina that's got teal turf, but, you know, we don't talk about them. Imagine um, if a team had orange turf. Ugh. Somebody did a mock-up a couple years ago at Tiger Stadium with purple turf. I was behind it. Looked kind of cool. I was behind it. I'd be down for a game. Yeah. I, I, I was, I was, it, it was, I was pro, I was pro purple turf. Um, Boise. Dolphins, Dolphins, Bills. Bills. Dolphins. Dolphins. Tua's gonna go ball out in the snow, and he every time he throws a touchdown, he's gonna do the do the arm thing where he's gonna rub his arm, and be like, "Make it colder, make it colder." Dolphins win, baby. What if Josh Allen does that instead? Ooh, Ooh tough. Oh, I love Josh Allen. I do. I love Josh Allen at Wyoming. I've loved him every season he's played for the Bills, and yet you pick against him. I'm- this guy. Just being real. Not a real fan. Colts and Vikes. Is it El Jefe or is it Jettas? Jay Jettas. <laughs> Jay Jettas all the way, man. Jay Jettas, dude, is absolutely killing the game. He is. He he really and is. And to me... The- too bad. Too bad his quarterback sucks at noon. That is very true. His quarterback sucks at 12 o'clock. Doesn't matter what day of the week it is. They play at 12 o'clock, he sucks. Well, you're talking about Kirk Cousins? Yeah. Kirk's good. At 12 o'clock. It's oh, at, yeah, it's he's, at he's, prime time. You're right. You're right. I had it, I had it backwards. This, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Got dyslexic with the time. I mean, it's happened before. It, um, it, I'm going Vikings for sure on this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Vikings too. Uh, I think we've lost the luster of uh, El Jefe. El Jefe, yeah. Mm-hmm, you know. It's okay, though. It is, it is. He can go back to ESPN. It's it was a fun run. Uh, Lions and Jets. The fighting Chuck Woods is... Go Lions. Yeah, go Lions. Go Lions, baby. Go. Just plain and simple. Go Lions. This would be the most Lions thing ever, though, to cover the spread, keep it and, close. And lose. And, and yep. blow the leaves and lose. Yep, absolutely. And somehow Zach Wilson gets praised for throwing 120 yards. Hey, Joe Burrow, can you please put Tom Brady's career to bed? Saw the You saw the, uh, the report that this is more likely not going to be Tom's last yeah. year? It has, it has to be. It has to be. You saw his new girlfriend? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not, not bad. Smoke show. Not bad. Um, look, man, I, I'm married. I'm not going to throw out the word <laughs> smoke show. Uh, this man not, said no comment. Not bad. Pl- plead the fifth. Not bad. Um, Sensi, though. On a roll. Jamar looking, Chase is healthy. Looking, looking, at, looking at Brady, you've seen him regress exponentially Throughout the whole this year. year. And even in games that they've won, he's, he, he, he's, he just he, hasn't looked right. He doesn't have it anymore. It's time for him to walk away. If I was him, I mean, I, I, I thought Brady should have stayed retired. But I mean, I get him wanting to come back for another year. But you, now you had a nice, you had a nice comeback against the Rams in the playoffs. You lost on a less second field goal. You're like, hey, pretty close. Yeah, you, you, it's time to walk away though. It's definitely time. Uh, Giants and Commanders. Giants. Commanders. I know I know you can't keep your hands off Heineke, but I, I love me some Taylor Heineke. Now that's a smoke show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. 
I mean, dude, you look at the guy. Every time he wins, he gets a new pair Air of Jordans for the in the opponent's colors. That's solid. He's not a smoke show, but just like him, just like the whole personality of Taylor Heineke. The guy's just legendary. Because <laughs> <laughs> you picked against the commanders. Picked- That's horrible. Oh, Raymond Parsh the third chiming in saying, Mesh, you are dead to me. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. I'm I'm probably dead to him too. It's fine. Even though I picked the commanders. He but he knows that I have a deeply rooted hatred for Alabama. I hate Alabama. Like more than the Falcons. Can't stand them. Saints Falcons, who wins? Saints. Wrong. Wrong. You know who you sound like with that? Well, who's the uh, like receptionist or whoever from uh, Monsters, Inc.? Yep. I'm always watching, Wazowski. Always watching. Matt Miguez. That's, that's your... Hey, I mean, I could have voiced her. Who knows? Uh, Falcons. Th- this is this... going to be... This is going to be one of those games where the Saints play well for three and a half quarters. But the Falcons stay close. Like it, it never, you, you never separate. And, and then at the end, Desmond Ritter, because you know rookie quarterbacks love to torch the Saints in the Superdome. Desmond Ritter's going to make a play or two, and the Falcons win the game. Here's the thing, though. I think the Panthers get the win over the Steelers because also Kenny Pickett's going to be out. So then, Bucks lose, Panthers win. Both at six wins. Saints get the win. That way they're still one within one game. One and a half games. Yep. No doubt. I, I think they get the win here to keep themselves alive. Keep the Saints fans like still kind of have that little bit of hope because if they lose, it's done. It's yep. over. Capiche. You're done. It's over. But I think they get the win. Keep them alive. I think Desmond Ritter, they'll probably like make the game plan easy and they'll try to keep it close within throughout most of the game, but I think Andy Dalton gets that that one win because then you still have that pattern still, remember? Mm-hmm. You still have the win, two losses. Win, win two, two losses. losses. Win, two losses. And uh, and then we and right now we got the Saints have two straight losses. So this so is, boom, here's this the, is win the part. win. You lose to the Eagles and Browns and then you beat the Panthers? <laughs> you would you would think so, but I feel like the Panthers would be playing oh, for the division on the line. You're you're killing me. You're killing me. We'll take a timeout. Preston Guy of TigerBait.com joins us next here on the game. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just washed the hair. You know, I worked on my hair a long time, and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. I got a good feeling about this 2023 LSU recruiting class. Let's talk about it with Preston Guy of TigerBait.com. James, you admit that was smooth. Preston, how are you, sir? No, I'm doing good. We got a. Uh, quite the week coming up. Wednesday, Wednesday, uh, 
Christmas comes early for us at TigerBait.com. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. You're going to have your hands full next week. Uh, give me, give me your thoughts on this class. Well, you're looking at this class right now. You've got 25 commitments, and sources I've been talking to have been telling me since August that they're looking for probably about 28. And you know, the SEC lifted that limit on how many players you could bring in. Thank God, because with the transfer portal. <laughs> I mean, you need more players coming in than you've ever needed. So, uh, look, looking for a couple guys to come in, but this class already ranks so highly. Of course, you got the news yesterday, JV and Taviano committing the five-star cornerback. Um, you, I could very easily see him sliding into that starting corner role next year. Uh, huge impact there. And, uh, there's just a lot of guys who've been called a five-star by someone. Now, I know it's kind of messy. This side will have this guy. This composite score says this. and But, I mean, you got Zalance Hurd, Deshaun Womack, Shelton Sampson, J.B. and Taviano, even Jalen Brown at one point was called a five-star. A lot of quality players. So, on campus today, you've got Desmond Ricks and Isaac Smith taking their official visits with a plethora of LSU visitors. Um, I'm talking like a commitment to – Ricky Collins and, and Shelton Sampson, a lot of guys who've been, uh, you know, Kai Preen, who've been in, on the LSU ship for a while. Um, uh, you really hope to close strong with two quality players like that. Isaac Smith is a very uh, quality safety out of Mississippi, and Desmond Ricks is another five-star corner. And you need those DBs because you're losing about six players this year. Plus, it seems like every time you get a commitment, someone's hitting the transfer portal. Um, so uh, mathematically using the, you know, the recruiting service is calculators to score your class. If you landed those two guys, this would be LSU's highest rated class in school history. That's, so, that's that kind wild. of sums it up. I'd say that's wild. You know, you talked about the DB position and that's definitely going to be one of the bigger needs for this group. Kylan Jackson coming in from Zachary. You've got Dalen Austin in, in the in the class as well. But you just signed Javian Toviano the other day. And like you said, Desmond Ricks is on campus for his official visit this weekend. I've read that Javian and Desmond Ricks have a good relationship going. You know, what's the what's the likelihood that Ricks signs with the purple and gold on Wednesday? Uh, I think he'll be a tiger. I, I expect him to. Uh, Isaac Smith, the guy who's there with him, uh, he's, he's a little more fresh on the scene. Uh, Desmond Ricks, LSU coaches, have been in contact with consistently throughout all the season, and he's been a heavy LSU lean for months now. Uh, if he doesn't sign with LSU, I'd be surprised. Um, Isaac Smith, we'll see. But, I mean, any, any kid who is on your campus this late in the process, you should have a good at-bat for no doubt. So, uh, yeah, you have to feel really good about that. Now, tight end position. I know they've got Mason Taylor, and he's only a freshman, so he, you know, he's got a few years left. But, but behind him, you know, that cupboard's starting to look a little bare. Uh, who are they looking at in the tight end room? Well, of course, when you lose Cole Taylor in the transfer portal, uh, which is not ideal, but. A lot of players on LSU's roster, how many times have you heard me say Frankenstein roster? Roster put together with paper clips and bubble gum. A lot of these guys were square peg round hole, and I think that's what Cole Taylor found himself in. Not that he's not a good player, 
he wasn't fitting in this system. So you've got Mac Markway, who's a very highly rated tight end out of St. Louis. Um, he, he's a top 250 player, so uh, big guy, 6'4", 250 plus. I think I think he left a heard from him. He was, he was up to 260, so big guy. Going to be able to you know have that big frame and move the way you like. But they got a commitment just the other day from a kid they really like, Jackson McGowan, out of uh, Ohio, and a kid I, I've talked to. I really like him. He's a good, sharp kid high character and you know brian kelly goes for these high character kids he's kind of flown under the radar quite a bit um he was committed to cincinnati um and then when in fact he knew mike denbrock from his time at being committed to cincinnati well of course we know luke fickle took the job at wisconsin luke fickle tried to bring him to wisconsin with him well mike denbrock slid in and said no 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 why don't you come on down to baton rouge so on the 13th, he committed to LSU. So you've got two guys coming in. Don't be surprised if they look to the portal for that position as well. Um, just I, I I wouldn't think that they'd go for the portal. Like I I don't think it's a coincidence they haven't brought any portal guys in yet. I think they're waiting till Wednesday when most of their class signs the dotted line, and they're not scaring them off with bringing in older, bigger guys with more experience. Chatting with Preston Guy of TigerBait.com. Preston, you know, talking about the wide receiver room, kind of piggybacking off the tight end conversation. Kayshawn Booty returns for his senior season. Malik Neighbors will be back. You still have Brian Thomas as well. Now you factor in two guys in this class in, in Shelton Sampson and Jalen Brown. Preston, could this be one of the best wide receiver rooms in America? Hey, Matt, can I be messy real quick? Yeah. I'm gonna be messy. Okay, you, did you did you see uh, Aaron Anderson from Alabama the, the transfer portal? Yeah, and, and uh, a lot he, of people he think was, he's going to the Tigers. Uh, that, I'm gonna be real messy and bring up his name because he's a great punt returner too. Yeah. My God, how much would LSU have liked those three punts to, or our kicks to not have muffs this year? That that would have helped quite a bit in two games they lost. Um, but he's in the portal, and he was committed to LSU for a long time. Uh, I remember watching him and seeing him. I was like, "My God, this kid's a three-star! He just put he beat Catholic High single-handedly." Uh, when I went to go see him, uh, well, then when he committed to Bama, he was a five-star. And I said, "Well, that, that sounds about right." But he's in there. But yeah, no, you've got Shelton Sampson, who brings a very different skill set from um, from uh, Keshawn Butte, who you're mentioning. He's going to be an outside receiver. I mean, he's six-four. He's a long, lanky kid. He reminds me a lot of Terrence Tolliver. You know, fast, long arms. He, he's gonna, he's gonna be really long. I, I, I like him a lot. And then, of course, Jalen Brown. Both these kids, at one point during their recruitment, were called five-star players. Jalen Brown is gonna be more of that Keishon Butte, that quick interior, you know, slot. He's got strong hands, strong highlight film, good tape. You love what you're getting out of those guys. Strong, strong class. You might have signed deeper classes with wide receivers in the past, but I mean. You're also forgetting about Kyle Parker uh, when you talk about those two guys. Kyle Parker out of Texas put up monster numbers. He is woefully under-recruited. I've seen some sites having him at three stars. I think he's bumped his way up to four stars now. But he has put up a monster season statistically this year. Watch out for him. Now, he's smaller. He's only 5'10". He doesn't have those measurables you love. But... Kyle Parker is going to be a good player, no doubt about that in my mind. So you've only got three players 
committed, but you're getting some bang for your buck out of those three guys. I feel pretty confident about them. And if you were to add an Aaron Anderson in the transfer portal, yeah, you're talking about a very good receiver class. A guy that you know might be my my favorite player in this class is Zalance Hurd, the offensive tackle from Neville. Uh, high school teammates with Will Campbell is going to come in and, and beef up this offensive line a little bit more. Could you see him making an immediate impact? Yeah, I could. I just don't know where. I don't know where. Um, he's that kind of player. But, I mean, all five starters should be back next year. Does, does he strangle his way into one of those guard spots? I think he's a true left tackle. I, I, I truly do. But is he going to, you know... Is he going to beat out Will Campbell for that left tackle spot? I mean, Will Campbell was the same kind of talent from the same kind of school. Could you imagine that offensive line? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never got to see those two play together. I never went to see Neville in person, but I could only imagine those two on the offensive line at the same time together. But anyways, yeah, uh, yeah, he's definitely got the talents to do it. But weren't we kind of asking that same question about Emory Jones and Will Campbell a yep. year ago saying – Man, they're talented. I just don't see a spot for them. I just don't see where they're going to fit in. You know, when kids are good enough, they find their way on the field. Yep, no, there, there's no doubt about it. Now, you know, wrapping up, looking at this class, there, there's about 25 guys in it right now hoping to get a few more of that group. Preston, how many guys put pen to paper on Wednesday? I think you get 27 on Wednesday. Um I think you get 27. Now, of the guys that are committed or signed you're talking about? Signed. Ooh, that's that's a tough one. I, I don't have that exact number. I expect the majority of this class should sign on Wednesday. I haven't heard anything from anybody to say they won't be absolutely signing, but we'll be putting together. So what happens is, is kind of this weekend and Monday, we start to get an itinerary of, this guy's set to sign on this time at this school. You know, they, they start to put that together, you know, in the next few days. We haven't really gotten that, that far ahead yet. Uh, you know, recruiting, I mean, uh, <laughs> four days, that's eternity, man. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I haven't heard anything that anybody is going to delay their signing yet. That's not to say anybody won't. I just haven't heard it yet. Preston Guy from TigerBait.com joining us. Preston, appreciate you as always. Man, if we don't get to talk again before next weekend, have a Merry Christmas with you and your family, and uh, we'll talk soon. Hey, always nice to talk to you all. Merry Christmas to you all as well. And there he goes, Preston Guy of TigerBait.com. It's another two-for-one deal from AcadianaDeals.com. Today, get a $50 voucher to Half Shell Oyster House for only $25. That is a $50 voucher for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com because these gift cards won't last long. Take a time out, wrap up today's show after this right here on The Game. It is Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Pelicans going to Phoenix tomorrow night. James, do they win? Yes. Because to be fair, you did lose those two games to Utah and 
What would Phoenix love to do more? Oh, I mean, they would they would love to to shove a, a 360 in Zion's face, but I mean, it's just not going to happen. Pelicans get back. Are on we the getting, are track. we getting the Miguez guarantee with that one? Absolutely. Pelicans get back on the winning track tomorrow night in the desert. What's your uh, score prediction for? Oh it? no! I, no! 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 no, no, no <laughs> completely no. different beast. No, no, Whoa! No. Not ba- I'm not predicting basketball. Not scores. Uh. Uh-uh. One twenty-seven. One eleven. There it is. <laughs> nice. There it is. Um, we'll be back on Monday to recap a crazy weekend in the NFL, plus quite a few bowl games on the docket. And next week is Bowl Game Central here on Crunch Time as we prepare for the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns taking on the Cougars of Houston in the Independence Bowl, followed by LSU and Purdue in the Citrus Bowl. I want to thank Jake Crane and Preston Guy for joining us today. For James Mesh, the man of many talents, I am Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them, have one hell of a weekend, get your Christmas shopping done. And uh, we'll be back on Monday, same time, same station, right here on The Game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion, Houston Astros.